0: Hey, this is Greg Harvey, pastor at Embrace Church. Enjoy today's message and subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming sermons. And I've had to learn to love when God shows up and does the unexpected. How many, how many else you're like that? that? That you're like that? I mean, it wasn't a process, but, but you look back and like, man, I like where God did that. I wasn't expecting it, but God did that. He showed up like that, and it was, it, it was better than I thought it would be. And, 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 I, and I didn't think I would, but I, but I liked it. That's, looking back, I, I see it that, 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 that I've learned, and you'll hear me say this a lot. I've learned this, that if he always did what I expected... If he always did what I expected, I would never give room for him to exceed my expectations. You'll hear me say that a bunch. Because it's so true and it's so powerful, and he's the God that Paul says loves to do exceedingly and abundantly above whatever I would ask, think, or imagine. He's that kind of God who would loves to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I would ever ask, think, or imagine. Do you do you catch that? We like that. But we don't like that whole bit because we want it my way and my expectations and how I think it ought to be and do it this way and do it that way. And when he does it a little bit different at first, I don't like it. But then when I look back, I realized he he exceeded my expectations. I didn't even see it coming. So I've learned that I love to see God exceed my expectations. And if I don't give Him room to exceed them, if all I want Him to do is always meet them, I will live a life without. Me miracles. I'll live a life without the, the great, the wondrous, the joyous, the, the miracles because if I put him at here and I keep him here and I never give him room to do this. And I'm afraid we live that way sometimes. That we try and keep it all here, that you work here in my box what i expect you to do god i expected to not get sick but he exceeds expectations and heals and if i'm not sick i don't get to experience the miracle of the you see i want to put it this way everybody likes a miracle Everybody likes a miracle. Nobody wants to need a miracle. Come on am I am I telling the truth right here? Nobody wants to need a miracle. Because when I need a miracle, I'm in trouble. When I need a miracle, it's difficult. But everybody wants a miracle. And he can't do a miracle if I don't need a miracle. So he, he exceeds the expectations, and I've learned that in my life through this process of, of allowing him to exceed expectations, whatever I thought, whatever I, what I could even imagine, and I allow him to work through me that way, I've learned so many times that, that, that how I respond to my life is what matters. My response matters more because God wants to invite me to be a part of something, uh, but I have to respond to be a part of it. Are, are y'all with me here? That's up to me. My response matters. That when I never saw it coming, it seems like that that's when God shows up. When it was off my radar a lot of times, that's when it seems that God shows up when I wasn't feeling noticed by him that all of a sudden out of nowhere he shows up and he invites me to be a part of this and that's what, what I'm saying I'm trying to get you in the mindset of the shepherds because think about, think about it like this have, have you ever been left out of something I mean well, let, let's say you, you find out all the not all but, but a lot of your friends are getting together They're talking about it. You walk up and you hear them, oh, we're going to so-and-so's house. We're getting together. We're going to play some games. We're going to... And you realize, man, here they are and I didn't even get invited to this. Man, and it hurts when it's like that, isn't it? When you're not ever invited to the party. I was like that in high school. I was never invited to the playing. playing. Um, um, I just couldn't go if I was. (laughs) That's why I wasn't invited. They knew I couldn't go. But when you live that life and it feels like you're just not invited, like it's just insignificant in that mindset and it hurts and it changes how you see yourself at that moment. And what do you do when God finally invites you? Because that's what happens. That's Really, that had to have been the life of the shepherds in thinking that they were never invited to anything. Because if you know about shepherds at all, especially at this time period, it used this phrase that said, here there were shepherds living out in the field. That was just their home. They're just living their life out in the field. There's no no house they're going to. There's no no family that they're going to. There's no wife and kids that that they're going back. Here they are just living their life with sheep in fields. You don't meet a whole lot of Wife potent, but potentials. Prospects. There we go. Living in the field. There's not a whole lot of, lot of ladies just, just coming up and saying, man, I wish I could marry a shepherd and live that life. Man, look at them just wandering around going from place to place. Nobody likes them. That's the kind of life I want. But here's the shepherds living that way. I mean, here they are. I mean, if you're always with sheep, guess what you smell like? Sheep. Stinking. Shepherds. Going from one place to another. And you got to realize that that time period they weren't even liked. Really, they are kind of outcast, because they smell, for one. They're not even used to talking to people. Come up and back. I mean, hey, I mean, hello. It's just, I mean, it's, it's odd people. Who'd wanna live that life? And, and at that time, there was no fences. Of property so here's what shepherds would do here's why they they were despised a lot they would lead their sheep to pastures and green pastures and they would go from place to place to place and they were wondering people with their sheep and how would you like it if you owned a vineyard and they showed up because sheep eat mess up and you're running them off and shepherds like well let's lead them over here to this green pasture this green pasture and never really a place and they're just wondering all over and it had to have felt like they were, weren't part of society as they're just living out in the fields living their life insignificant Seemingless Meaningless life Have you ever felt A little bit like a shepherd? That here you are You're just living your life Insignificant I mean, unthought of I think of David that that when Samuel comes to, to anoint the next king, and it's David who's going to be king, but David was the shepherd of the family. And he's out in the field so unthought of that whenever Samuel comes to anoint the king, his own family doesn't even think to invite him to the party. We'll invite all the brothers, we'll invite everybody else everybody else can come and whenever Samuel says isn't there another one because none of these are it do you have another son that Jesse had to go oh I've got one more but he's a shepherd we don't invite him to parties he's left out I mean I mean if we brought him in he'll stink and he'll stink up the place and it's going to smell, and we we'd rather him not be around and I think of it in that way that that here they are just in this kind of mindset of always left out and and I wonder, have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like here is everybody else doing something doing something and and i Nothing seems to be going right for me. You look at, and here's the bad. I mean, you look at people in, around, and you can always just find somebody, it seems like, man, they're doing something for God. I want to do something for God. They're over here doing something for God, and I'm not. I, w- I wanted to do something, and they're doing this, and, and it seems like everybody else, and you watch it, especially if all you do is look at Facebook. It seems like everybody's doing something big. Everybody's doing something. And here you feel like just insignificant that I wanted to do something. I thought my life would have been something else. And I look at them and they're doing this and they're doing that and, and they're doing this. And, that. and here I am just living in the fields, if you will insignificant not ever invited not ever noticed and it feels like 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 you just live an unnoticed life so i love I, I love that that whenever going back to david that Samuel didn't do anything until David showed up. And this had to have been kind of the moment for the shepherds because here they were in the fields, insignificant. And all of a sudden, living their life, angels appear and begin to invite them to a party. Of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Messiah has been born. And we're not telling the scribes who always get invited. And we're not telling the Pharisees, no. No, we chose to tell you, to proclaim it to you. You've been invited to take part of something big, something miraculous. And now it's up to you. How do you respond in the moment when God invites you to be a part of something big? See, now it's the moment. The invitation's been given. uh, But now they had to respond. And I've learned that's one of the hardest parts. Is the responding. You see, whether or not they saw the Christ child was now up to them. They've been invited. But it's not like Mary Joseph had Jesus in front of the flock. No, no, they were just told he's been born. And now it's up to you whether or not you respond to see the child or not. Whether or not you take part in it. And I think, how many times have we been invited by God to take part of something big, but we missed out because of how we responded? That he invites us to take part of something, but we missed out and we blame it because we weren't ready for the invitation and we didn't respond quickly. We didn't respond. I love how the shepherds said they responded with haste. They said, Now let us go, not not later, because it would have been so easy for them to just say, You know, it's kind of late. It's kind of cool. But there'll probably be other people there. I mean, if the Magi shows up at about the same time, who knows? I mean, that, 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 that nativity story is all messed up. Did they show up then? Did God tell them about it enough that they got there at the same time or was it two years later? We don't know. But man, that's controversy when you put the wise men in the nativity. What if the wise men are there? Man, I feel so uncomfortable here. Here, I'm just a shepherd. They come bearing gifts. Probably be other people there. It's late. Didn't really get a good night's sleep last night. I don't know if I want to. And we can come up with all the excuses of not now. I mean, who will watch the sheep? We can't just take all these sheep into Bethlehem. Stinking up the manger. It's already stinky enough. There would have been so many reasons not to go. Or to go later. So it amazes me that they responded with now. Now, now let's go. And, and, and even they came with haste. It's kind of the picture they're running. I think, how many things have I missed out on because I responded with, well, later. Maybe when my kids are grown, then I'll take part. Maybe, maybe when, when, when I, when I, when I get a better job, then I can, when I finally feel like I've got enough in savings, then I can, and how many things has God invited us to, but we put it off because we've said, well, well, later, whenever, whenever I get married, whenever I get this, whenever I, when the kids are in school, because right now it's a mess. Then when you realize well they're in school and now they're busy so I don't know and it's just and we put everything off with a later. You see it's not that God's not inviting you. Could it be you're not seeing the miracles because you're not responding to the invitation? I look back at my life and I think all the unexpected things that God did in us that wasn't even on our radar. Like the one time I remember we were youth pastors and here and we had our two two boys and we were serving God and we were serving in ministry. And I get a phone call out of nowhere for an invitation to be a part of something miraculous. Didn't say easy, I said miraculous. It was about our daughter and opportunity to adopt. Would you take in? And it would have been easy to say Maybe later, I don't know if it's the but but I felt it as an invitation from God. So 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 the response was Yes. How I mean? and I'm so glad, even though it never was easy. Like any kid, it's never easy. <laughs> Come on. When they say, let's have a baby, they never say, it'll be so much fun when they spit up on you. (laughs) Oh, when they get their first blowout diaper, it's amazing. They never say that. Oh, they'll keep you up all night. It'll be wonderful. They never say that. But you want to treat it. It's never easy, but the miracle's worth it. The opportunity's worth it. But it's all how you receive it is in your response. I think even going into the ministry that that, that here we were, I mean, seeming like we're doing nothing. I went to Bible college and I and for for seven-ish years, nine, something like that, time flew because we had two kids. I don't know what time was. And it seemed like everybody else was doing something for God. All of our friends were in ministry, it seemed like, and they're doing something, they're serving, they're serving. And here we I I felt so insignificant, but when God spoke to me, to both of us, and saying, hey, hey, I think it's time. Why don't you go? Why don't you go? And it was hard, and it was difficult, and it didn't make sense, but I was longing to be a part of it, so I responded with yes! And we showed up to the church that didn't ask us to come, Because we felt like we were supposed to be youth pastors. And we moved for it. And we said, hey, we're just here. We want to serve with the youth. And they said, we don't need any help. (laughs) Like, that stinks. That's not what I was expecting. But we were faithful because we heard the invitation. And we responded with, "Yes, no matter." And God, God used us, and we became youth pastors at the church, and then He moved us, and we we're full-time down here, and he did something. And, and I never regret the moment of the response. You see, but I've learned the imitation's always given. It's how do you respond? So it amazes me that they responded with, now, and not later. Because I get it, because living life that way has a way of beating you down, doesn't it? Living life in a way that seems insignificant and unnoticed has a way of crushing you. And beating you down and making you feel like you're not a part or you're not worthy to be a part of the party. See, living out with the sheep had to have been so humbling. And living out with your sheep, just living your life has a way of humbling you. In fact, I I kind of imagine it would have been easy for them to say the shepherds to look and go that was cool I wonder who they were singing to I wonder who just got that invite it was probably somebody down there that saw the same thing as us and God wasn't talking to us he was just talking to them because in that humbling way of you always think it's somebody else not me i don't get invited it has to god must have been wanting to use them and i just didn't see it because life has a way of humbling you life has a way of crushing you think of the children of israel and 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 they wondered in a desert, in a wilderness for 40 years, because when they came to the moment of, will you advance and will you go in, they said, well, they say, we can't do it because we look like, in our eyes, we look like grasshoppers to us, because because they had lived for generations as slaves insignificant unworthy so when the moment came they didn't feel they could do it because they still saw themselves as and god said no no we'll we'll get another generation that never was a slave and they'll you see, how you see yourself matters. And life has a way, and I think sometimes we miss the moments because we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. That it must have been for them. It must have been that person, because surely God didn't invite me. I wonder sometimes why it took so long for us to get into the ministry. And then I remember one of those times is when we were living life insignificant. Two boys going for a walk in our neighborhood. And we came to this nice house in our neighborhood in Joplin. It was a real pretty house. And I made a statement to my wife that was so eye-opening to her that she said, I better change him for that. It was a nice house. It was the people about our age going in. And I said, boy, I could never talk to them. She went, why? Because of what they have. You see, I grew up, and it wasn't from my family's fault. Really, because it, it was my mindset that I wasn't good enough. I grew up with, as a pastor's kid, you know, I mean, pastor's kids are so rich growing up, just not money-wise. And... and I And I... I got this poor mindset spirit in me. And with that poor mindset spirit came levels. I had a slave mentality because of it. So I'm I would see myself as less than what I really was. I would see myself as less than what God saw me as, and I didn't think I could ever be a part of this or talk to them or and, and I, I would put everybody on different levels and I always seem to be near the bottom see I, I, I realize that had to change in me for me to accept the re- to respond when the invitation came again because when I look back I realized God was always inviting I just was missing out Because how I saw me. Because life has a way of humbling you when you're living with the sheep. When you're smelling like the sheep. And you get the mindset, Oh poor me, unnoticed me. What I want to challenge you this morning is change the way you see yourself to the way God sees you because if He's inviting you to the party, He's inviting you to become a part of something miraculous and He sees something within you that you don't see in yourself and that you can do the miraculous things with Him if you'll just respond. And the shepherds came with haste. Yeah, you know, I think back of another son. Another son who would have stunk and smelt, not like sheep, but like pigs. A prodigal son. And we, the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, I, I want to read it to you. It says, When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have enough food. Food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. See, look, here he is. He's a son, but his mindset has changed to a slave. Because life has a way of humbling you in that way. So he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. And his father stops the speech. He doesn't let him get to the, I'm a servant. He doesn't even let him get there. He stops the speech whenever he hears him say, I'm unworthy. And what does he do? The father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and kill the calf, which... We have, we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost but now is found. And I love how this version puts it. This translation ends that saying. It says, so the party began. I love that. So the part that that here he was, because the life had been insignificant, the life had been hurting, he had done what he shouldn't have done, he left the father's house and he was living his life not under the blessing of the father. And, the, and he smelled like the pigs in his life. He smelt like the people that he was around. He was insignificant. And here he comes running back to the father and he says in this mindset, I'm not worthy to be called your son. And the father said, you stop right there. You'll always be my son. I don't care how you feel. You're invited to the party. The lack of your response to invitations at times doesn't change a thing. You're my son. And bring the robe, put it on him because he's back in the family. Bring the ring and put, he's got authority back. Bring the bring the shoes and put it on his feet because no son of mine's walking around barefooted. No, no, you bring it all to him. You let him know that he is a part of the family. You kill the fatted calf that we have been fattening up just for this occasion he's finally here the invitation was sent out now the party can begin so it's up to you the invitation sent how do you respond I want our worship team to come back up I love that it said and so the party began When the son got there, when he came in, the party started. See, I feel like sometimes that we miss out, and you, you might have come this morning, and because of your past that has humbled you, because things didn't go the way you thought it would go. You've measured it and you've looked at others and you've like, well, that's for them, not for me. Here's my life, what it's destined to be. Changed your plans. You've changed your things. You've changed your thinking. You've lowered your goals. You've lowered your expectations. You've just decided, uh, I can be a shepherd. I can do it. Just living out in the field. I want to tell you today God is writing your invitation. He's writing your invitation to be a part of something great. How will you respond? Will you throw it off? Say, well, maybe that's somebody else, not me. How you, will you respond? I want you to stand with me across this board. Thanks for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Have a great week and make an impact on those around you.